0: Welcome to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Dale Lally, your host. And, uh, well, the Steelers have made it through their OTA sessions. They'll have their mandatory minicamp starting next Tuesday at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side. And we now know that Stefan Tuitt will not be taking part in those. And uh, it begs the question, <clears throat> first of all, Seen a lot of people banding uh, the, the ideas about, well, the Steelers had to know this was going to happen. Well, they didn't, folks. If they had known this was going to happen, they would have made some kind of move to do more to solidify their defensive line than just bringing back the status quo and adding DeMarvin Leal to the equation. They weren't sure. Stefan Tuitt wasn't sure what he was going to do. He was torn by this. This is a life-changing decision for Stefan Tuitt. He's 29 years old. He had to make the decision whether he wanted to play football again. He could change his mind next week for all we know. I don't think he will, but he could. And so, you know, I think this, that's a big part of this, this whole situation was that they were giving a player whom they respect and valued an opportunity to make a human decision. And I've seen a lot of, of fan angst out there. They, they should have just caught him. They should have done this. They should have done that. It's easy for you to say. You don't have a personal relationship with the player like the Steelers do. They drafted him. They developed him. They paid him uh, $58 million over the course of his career. He had a lot of very good seasons for them. They saw him play through a torn pectoral muscle and things of that nature. They saw him out there with his teammates fighting through stuff. So they knew what kind of player Stefan Tuitt is and can be. And so they were willing to give him the time he needed to come to a decision. That was their decision. I don't understand why fans aren't okay with that. I don't, I, that just boggles my mind that these guys aren't going to be treated like human beings. You want them to be treated like cattle. And just, oh, cut him and move on to the next one. It's really easy. I, I, that's one of the things you know, things that I have a, a big issue with. Um, you know, the, the fire slash cut crowd. These are people. They have lives. They have families. I get it. If somebody's not doing their job, you get angry about it. But some of the vitriol that takes, that takes place on social media, you need to look in the mirror sometimes when you write these things. I'm not talking to everybody. Everybody doesn't do this. But there's a, there's a, a crowd out there that does. And I just don't understand it. These are human beings. These are people struggling with, with with major life-changing issues, some of which affects their mental health. We saw Calvin Ridley last year step away from football in the middle of his career. Just said, I can't handle this, this this pressure. These are people who were dealing with, with COVID rules that I guarantee you, 99.9% of the public was not dealing with COVID the way that these guys were dealing with COVID. Where in some situations, they had to be away from their families and they couldn't be around them. Where they were sequestered in, in certain places. They couldn't go out when they went on the road. They had to stay in a hotel room. The only people they were allowed to see were their teammates. It was a very difficult two years for professional athletes. I know they're compensated well for it in most cases. But it's still tough on, on the human being, the human mind, to not be around other people, to not be able to do the things that you, that you normally do, to not be able to play. And when it becomes too much like work as opposed to the game that it is, then that becomes an issue. And, and mental health was a, was a major issue for, for a lot of these guys. And nobody, nobody, there are very few of us out there, and I hope, I hope that, that nobody listening has to deal with a situation like the one Stefan Tuit was dealing with last year, where his brother was killed, essentially murdered, in a hit-and-run accident. They still haven't found the driver. They still haven't found that person. And his mother was in the vehicle and saw her son killed. I can't even imagine what your state of mind would be coming out of that. And so he decided he had enough money. He had enough of that. He wanted to spend more time with his family. I don't blame him. I don't begrudge any of these players. The money or when they decide to walk away, that's their choice. They earn the right to do that. They're in the top 0.001% of their profession. I've seen that a lot. Well, I couldn't take a year off from my job. Well, guess what, pal? You're not in the top 0.001% of your profession. Neither am I. We're not in that situation. We don't have an employer that was willing to work with us in that fashion. And, and, and kudos to the Steelers for being willing to do that. You should be proud of your, fo- your, your favorite football team for treating Stephon it like a human being, not like a piece of cattle, not like a, some, some beef on the hoof. You should be proud of them. That's the Steeler way, folks. That is what people talk about when they talk about the Steelers way, treating players like human beings. Now, not everybody gets that treatment if you've only been with the team for a little while, you, you can get cut quickly if you make a mistake or you have something like this happen. But when you're a guy who's been with the franchise for multiple years, they'll treat you right. They'll treat you in a respectful way. And so, you should, again, you should be proud of the franchise for doing that. Now, does it leave the Steelers with a bit of an issue? Sure. They're still short on the defensive line. They have six guys right now that they could go into the season and play with, and they usually keep six. You still have Cam Hayward. You still have Tyson Alulu, You still have Chris Wormley. You still have Isaiah Loudermilk. You still have uh, Montrevious Adams, and they just drafted DeMarvin Leal. That's six. Could they add another body to that? Absolutely. If it were me and I were sitting in Omar Khan's seat right now, and talking to Mike Tomlin about what we need. And if maybe if I were more like Tomlin, hey, Mike, what do you need here? What, what position would help out that defensive line the most? I might be inclined to sign a nose tackle, not a defensive end. I know Tyson Alulu can play defensive end. He can play defensive tackle when we go to our three, four, or our, our nickel and dime defenses. I'm not concerned about that. They only play the base defense about 25% of the time, 25 to 30%. I've got Chris Wormley. I've got Isaiah Loudermilk. I've got Leal. I've got defensive ends to go along with Cam Hayward. I might want to go get myself a nose tackle like an Eddie Goldman. Kick the tires on that. The Steelers now have the money. They have the money to sign a backup running back, a veteran backup running back. They have the money to sign a veteran edge rusher if they make that choice. They have the money to to bring back Joe Hayden if they want. There's a lot of things that they can do now because of this situation. So that's why they're not going to panic over this. There are plenty, plenty of of available defensive linemen out there. You can find these veteran defensive linemen and sign them to a one-year deal. There are a lot of them out there. They can sign Ndamukong sue if they want and play him at defensive end opposite Cam Hayward. That wouldn't be a bad idea either. He's 35, but you're going to get him on a one-year deal. So they have options. This isn't like when, when David DeCastro showed up at minicamp last year unable to perform, and they had to move on and, and were forced to, to, to sign Trey Turner. This isn't that. There are more guys available on the defensive line. There could be more cut as we get into this, or guys could become available via trade. Those guys are a little easier to find an offensive lineman because you have to play five offensive linemen. You don't have to play that many defensive linemen. And the Steelers play fewer than most. So I'm not overly concerned about that. They'll figure it out. They'll get the guys in there that they need, and they'll move on. Probably sometime after minicamp when they get a good chance to, to take a look at everybody all together and what it looks like. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back. I'll talk more about some of those storylines heading into minicamp. When we come back, you're listening to The Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. back to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Dale Lally. And, you know, I was uh, reading a piece by Judy Batista. I uh, have a lot of respect for Judy on, on uh, NFL.com. Of course, Judy used to work for the uh, New York Times. Uh, I've known her for a number of years now. And she, she listed the top eight storylines heading in to minicamps next week across the league. Number one is Deshaun Watson's impact on the Browns. Well, I'm here to tell you that Judy puts in there as the expectation is we'll know before the 4th of July how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. If Judy, if that's what Judy's hearing, that's when it's going to happen. Sometime around that, that time. Now, there were two additional lawsuits that were brought against Deshaun Watson this week. Whether they have merit or not, who knows? I mean this this thing's been brewing now for over a year, so I don't know why somebody would suddenly come out now. Well, you know what? I'm going to join in that lawsuit. You knew whether one way or the other, over a year ago, whether you know you, there had been sexual misconduct with Deshaun Watson. I get it. Maybe they were on the fence about it and, and decided, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, there are now 23 civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. I'm here to tell you, folks, I expect a year-long suspension, if not longer, for Deshaun Watson. And then the Browns are in trouble because their salary cap situation in 2023 is awful. Maybe the worst in the league. And they'll have traded for Deshaun Watson, paid him all that money, a lot of it guaranteed, all of it guaranteed. And then to not have him in 2022 would be, a crusher for that franchise. This decision is going to haunt that franchise for the next decade because there's no guarantee. Deshaun Watson signed a four-year deal. So if he suspended for the entire 2022 season and they traded all the draft picks that they did to get him, next year they're going to have to start releasing good players because they won't be able to afford them. Because Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, and Miles Garrett will count over eighty million dollars against the Browns' salary cap in twenty twenty three. Add Amari Cooper into that, and they're over hundred million dollars. I think it's one hundred and ten million dollars for three players. Three players. So they're going to have to start cutting good football players, and they don't have draft picks to help replace them. And there's no guarantee that after a couple of seasons in Cleveland, he could get suspended for next season as well, for the 2023 season. This could reach into that season as well. And if that happens, A, Deshaun Watson won't have played football in several years. And B, he'll have just a couple of years left in his contract. He has no ties to Cleveland. He doesn't owe them anything. If he comes back and plays well, he's going to be a free agent again. He can say, you know what? I'm going to open this up to the highest bidder again and see what I can see how much money I can make here. It's what he did to the Texans. He signed a new deal with the Texans and then a year later didn't like it and said, I'm never going to play for you again. What makes us think that he won't do that to the Browns? So this, this, that, that whole situation is really going, I think to blow up in Cleveland's face. Uh, Her number two one is how will the quarterback shuffle play out? And tying into that, it's the dawn of a new era. Number three is the dawn of a new era in Pittsburgh. We know Matt Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and some other guys, Carson Wentz, changed teams this offseason, high-profile guys. And the Steelers added Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, from what I've seen, is going to hold Kenny Pickett off this, this summer. Mitch Trubisky will be the Steelers' starting quarterback this summer in, in September. There's nothing that I have seen that makes me think any differently about that, and that's nothing against Kenny Pickett. I've been very impressed with Mitch Trubisky, so that's all part of this. We'll keep, we'll continue to keep an eye on that uh, over the course of uh, you know mini camps and, and and training camp, but that's my expectation at this point. Her number four is the fallout of the star wide receiver relocations, and I know everybody's saying well, you know Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas and Tyreek Hill to Miami, and You know, what's that do for, you know, those two teams, the Raiders and Dolphins are really retold. I'm not so sure about that. I don't know that things are going to be quite as rosy for either one of those receivers in their new homes. I do know this. I know that the the Packers and the Chiefs aren't going to be nearly as dangerous on offense because they don't have those guys. But I'm not sure that the new landing spots are the perfect places for those guys. Another situation to watch, according to Judy, is the awkward quarterback contract situations in Arizona and Baltimore. Again, another division team. Kyler Murray wants a new contract. Lamar Jackson still hasn't engaged with the Ravens, who want to give him a new contract. But he stayed away from all the team's OTAs. And he represents himself. That's almost like being a, a, your own lawyer. You know, if, you have a, if, if you're, you're representing yourself, then you have a fool for a client. Well, Lamar Jackson might find, figure this out, that he shouldn't be representing himself in contract negotiations in which could range into $200 million. I'm sorry, Lamar. You might be a bright guy. You might have done really well at the University of Louisville. But you shouldn't be representing yourself. in a a situation where there's $200 million at stake. That's just not a good idea. Um, So we'll see how that continues to play out, and we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, The Trey Lance watch in San Francisco is another one. Jimmy Garoppolo still not throwing, not expected to be able to throw until the start of training camp. And that's why one of the big reasons why I said all along, nobody could trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't trade for damaged goods. The guy can't pass a physical. How can you trade for him? So we could see some movement there by the start of training camp. I fully expect the San Francisco 49ers to go with Trey Lance uh, as their starting quarterback. The interesting thing is, though, Alex Mack retired their veteran center on Friday or Thursday, I should say. Boy, you would have liked to have had him available if you're the 49ers to work with your young quarterback the guy who can make all the calls in the middle of the line. So that's a big one to me. And then finally, uh, the last two here, uh, the arrival of the Buffalo Bills. We'll see how they they handle this this year, being the hunted as opposed to the hunter. They look like a great team. They are my number one team in the NFL right now. But sometimes when you put that, you know, they were still hunting last year. They were still chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. Now everybody looks at the Bills as the as easily the best team in the league. Well, we'll see how that looks now, that everybody has that. They have that target on them. And then the final thing in Judy's piece is whether this is or isn't it for Tom Brady. As I mentioned in the previous segment, Stefan Tua could change his mind tomorrow and say, you know what, I've decided I'm, I miss football too much. I'm coming back. We saw Tom Brady do it. Wouldn't be the first guy to change his mind about that. <clears throat> James Harrison as well. Um, you know, so things change for guys. Just because they've, they've, they've said they're going to retire, well, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to be it. So you never know. Um, Brady uh, changing his mind this offseason. It could go very badly. He's going to be 45 years old. At some point, Tom Brady will fall off the cliff. He's got a new head coach there. Maybe he clashes with Todd Bowles different when the guy is the, the head guy in charge. He may have been great buddies with Todd Bowles when Bowles was just a defensive coordinator. Now Bowles has to run the entire organization. That changes the dynamic a little bit. So lots of good stuff to look at there. Of course, we'll be bringing you all the stories, all the news and notes coming out of Steeler minicamp. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from uh, you know all the, the uh, offensive and defensive coaches this week. They have to talk. We'll hear from all the players. They all have to be there. And then there'll be n- nothing. We'll go to radio silence for about six weeks or so. Now, the Steelers may make some minor moves here and there, may make a major move here or there in that time between the end of minicamp and training camp. But that time is when the NFL takes its vacations. That's why the Deshaun Watson news will come out sometime before July because once July hits for that next three or four weeks, the NFL off- league offices close. They go on vacation. There's nobody there on Park Avenue. All the employees are out, going wherever, doing, going and seeing family members, doing on vacations, all that stuff. So you're going to hear what's happens with Deshaun Watson here in the next few weeks, and boy, won't that be interesting? But that's going to do it for the Dale Alley Show today and this week. I'll be back again next week to wrap up what happens at minicamp and and uh, take you into the well, the extended uh, off season period there. Um, but uh, we appreciate you listening to all of our shows here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, you can check out our Pirates coverage, our Penguins coverage. Of course, you get D- DK's daily hits as well. You can check those out. Uh, we appreciate that always. Uh, We'd love to hear having you guys uh, listen, leave comments, all that good stuff. Always fun. Always a good time to do it. And uh, enjoy doing this. And uh, we'll be back again next week. I'll talk to you then.